you start to question your value. You start to question your self-worth. Like the more money you got, the more successful you are, and most people really do buy into that. But really, I just needed a break. What I love is helping people. I'm Julie Bauke, and welcome to The Evolved Career, a podcast where we help you determine what truly does matter most to you and how it can have a profound impact on your life. My guest today is Myron Hughes. Myron has had a interesting, twist-filled career, some things that he made decisions on and others he didn't. But that's what an evolved career is. We evolve as humans, therefore our careers need to evolve with us. Welcome, Myron. Well, thank you for having me. I am thrilled you're here. What do you do today? What What is your work today? Today, I run a company called Blue Rose Supply. We're a janitorial and food service uh, distributor uh, based here in the greater Cincinnati region. Uh, basically, we cover uh, the greater Cincinnati area, and we extend about 50-mile radius outside of the greater Cincinnati uh, area. So okay, uh, that's what we do today. How long have you been doing that? Three years. Three years. Yes. Okay. So let's go back. You grew up in Alabama? Yes. Small little place called Leeton, Alabama, population 600. 600. 600 then or 600 now? Do you uh, know? <laughs> about both times. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, you're a tall guy. Basketball was your was your, um, was your your focus back then. Yes. Uh, basketball is what brought me to uh, Cincinnati. Um, people said I was one of the best in the country, so being recruited, I uh, ended up uh, picking the University of Cincinnati to come to to uh, start my career. Why did you pick UC? Um, after thinking about it and coming here to visit the, the community, I saw the opportunities so to grow and to have a professional life after after basketball. Uh, it was always important to me to make sure that I could do something else besides play basketball in terms of career. And um, Cincinnati offered that a little bit more than what other uh, sit, other colleges uh, could provide. That was a good choice? Yes. It was yes. an excellent choice. Great. Well, that must have been quite a change coming from a small town to even many, many years ago. Cincinnati obviously wasn't as big or developed as it is now, but that still must have been quite a change. Well, it was uh, quite a a challenge. Um, As I said, I had about 600 people in my um, hometown and having classes at the University of Cincinnati with 600 plus people in it. So it was very shocking and also being uh, forced to walk across the campus to go to class when um, you're in high school, you just uh, walk two minutes away, you're in the next uh, room for your courses. And so coming here and seeing all the people was quite a a dramatic change. Yeah, I bet. Now, you being a business owner now, and a lot of things have happened since those days and today as the owner of Blue Rose Supply. We're yes. going to talk about that. But, you know, when, you, when you're, you're in a small town in Alabama, and did you ever imagine that some couple decades, few decades later, that you would be a business owner? Not really imagine it, but that was something I had my focus on because um, some of my teachers uh, in high school told me you won't play basketball forever. So therefore, you need to study. You need to make sure you get your uh, education. And so one of the things I really focused on was uh, getting my education. I wanted to be an uh, academic All-American. That was one of my focuses. Uh, while I didn't achieve that, but uh, uh, was able to uh, accomplish a lot of a lot of things. I remember when we took our basketball pitchers uh, back as my sophomore year, I had a briefcase with me, so I actually had started thinking about life after basketball then. Plus, once I had my first knee operation, then the second knee operation, and the third knee operation, uh, I knew at that point uh, playing in the NBA wasn't going to be the, the route for me. So you said, back in high school, teachers said to you, you can't play basketball forever. Now, most 
teenage boys believe that they will play fill-in-the-blank sport forever. When they said that, did you believe them? Or did you say, well, yeah, well, I'll show you. I mean, it sounds like you were a little more forward thinking. Yes. Well, my uncle uh, basically raised me. Uh, unfortunately, my mother passed when I was very young. Uh, so my uncle raised me and my uncle was part of the Alabama Education Association. And uh, to me, whatever he said, I, I believed. And so therefore, I had a focus. Uh, he always taught me that uh, when I went to college, I had three priorities. Uh, one is to get my education. Two was to play basketball. And three was to in, enjoy school. And so I looked at it that way. And so that was always my focus. So I wanted to uh, accomplish those things. Is your uncle still living? Uh, yes, but unfortunately he has uh, Parkinson's disease. Oh, okay. So uh, we're going uh, through that and dealing with that. Oh. But I've always uh, respected him uh, because he was a well-respected uh, person and uh, always would focus on what he uh, said. Well, great. It sounds like you did all three of those things. Yes. I had, yes, had a great. good time. First job out of college. First job out of college, I worked for a uh, manufacturing operation uh, in Evendale. Um, actually, I was uh, moving moving parts around, uh, doing almost uh, just uh, sort of just almost like a gopher uh, for the for the most part. So do, doing that until I got my uh, feet under, underneath me. Uh, but once I finished, once I finished that, I wanted to play basketball again. So I went back to. Um, to working out, and I went over to Europe and played professionally oh. in Germany for for a year. Okay. Then came back to Cincinnati and uh, actually worked at a law firm. I thought about going to law school, but uh, doing depositions and reading all the time, I didn't really like that. So ended up at the Chamber of Commerce here, here in Cincinnati, so worked here for seven years. Okay, great. Great. I would imagine that was a quite a quite a period of growth and learning. Yes, it was a lot of fun uh, doing that because I, I got a marketing degree from the University of Cincinnati and, I, and working for the uh, chamber, I worked in uh, economic development. And so what that was all about was marketing the city. And so I had a great time doing that. And it forced me to get to know the city uh, extremely well and all the aspects and all the assets that exist here on both sides of, of the river in terms of selling the city to other companies who might be looking to grow and expand into the Cincinnati marketplace. And that's also a great way to expand your network. Yes. Meet lots of peeps. Met a ton of people and uh, still still meeting a ton of people right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when you've got that sports background, when people know that you played for one of the beloved local teams, uh, no matter what city you're in, it's uh, it's such a great way to start a conversation. And people immediately, I think, trust you and want to learn more. Yes. Um, people still Asked me today, are you Myron Hughes to play basketball at UC? And um, even though that's been decades ago, uh, yeah, so that actually opens up opportunities to have conversations with people. Sometimes I joke with people and tell them, no, I didn't play, that I was a swimmer. And so um, so that helps to break the ice a little yeah. bit and uh, get people to, to talk. And unfortunately, I've gained way too much weight. So I have to attribute that to uh, Skyline and Graders for, uh, okay. and so yeah. I'm, a, I'm an expertise in those two two areas. Yes, fantastic. Yes, you're 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 a big guy to be a swimmer. I'm gonna guess. Uh, yes, you wouldn't be too light. No. light moving across I the waves. Win too many no, races. no, no. So you so you ended up back at UC, back from where you started. How did that happen? Um, I have a love for for this community and for uh, uh, Cincinnati. 
Uh, I've actually, strangely, have moved to Cincinnati four times. Moved uh, to Cincinnati four yes, times. Okay. At, uh, first time out of high school. First time out of high school. Went to Europe and came back. That's true, too. Worked over in St. Louis. Uh, came back. Then moved to Memphis, Tampa. And been back uh, for about 11 years now. Maybe 12 years now. And that was all chamber work, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, doing economic development. And I still, to this day, when I'm comparing other cities to Cincinnati or other regions to Cincinnati, uh, you can't, can't find a better place in Cincinnati, at least in my opinion, has tremendous assets the, that are here, and the people are extremely uh, welcoming, uh, loving, and warm, and giving, and so it just makes for an easy place to adjust to, and there's enough things here to do. I'm a big arts fan, and so getting involved in the arts community is very important to me, so it's a very easy place to uh, to get involved in, and so um, when I was living down in Tampa, and uh, basically being recruited to come back to work for the uh, university, doing alumni uh, alumni association work, uh, just thought that was sort of like an extension of a chamber of commerce. And so True. that uh, attracted me back and being able to work and to celebrate my university. Um, it just made, made a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. And I think that, that a lot of times people, let's say, let's say um, someone who does work for a series of chambers, after a while you start to think um, – that's all I can do. You know, all I know is chambers. But what I love about that transition for you is that the transferable skill set from working at a chamber to being eventually the president of the UC Alumni Association, it's almost spot on. It's, it's honestly, it's all about the people and being able to relate to people, to connect with people, as you, we talked about earlier, networking and Doing what I did for the Chambers of Commerce is that I work for, it's about getting people involved, getting people engaged, and that's what Alumni Association exactly. is all about as well. How do you get the students engaged? How do you get the alums engaged, regardless if they're 18 years old or 118 years old? Yeah. It's all about uh, celebrating the university and getting people engaged and uh, to get them more involved in helping others. Yeah, just like it was in the cities you worked in. Yes. So I think it's, you know, we... We get really stuck sometimes in our in our heads in terms of, well, this is all I know, so this is all I can do. And the ability to draw those parallels for others, to sell yourself into something different or position yourself for success in something different is something that I don't think we're generally very good at doing for ourselves. Yeah, I think people kind of get uh, afraid to afraid. open themselves up oh, yes. to invite something new into their lives. Uh, I've always been focused on uh, you've got to continue to learn, uh, just trying to sell the uh, any kind of region. I know a little bit about marketing, but marketing what? Uh, so trying exactly. to understand what the audience is all about uh, and how do you endear yourself to learning more. And the only way you're going to learn more is to talk with more people. Uh, So therefore, not only did I understand a little bit about uh, city government, county government, but what's going on in manufacturing industries here, what's going on in the office industries here, what's going on in the R&D industries here, and who's involved in those types of things. And so how do you pull all these things together? You don't have to be an expert in any one Mm -mm. thing, but how do you gain as much knowledge about a variety of different things in order to make it work? And everything we learn, everything we experience, good and bad, in our careers, we bring with us. 
And so everything you learned at the chamber, you take to the UC Alumni Association. So that city knowledge, it's not like you leave that in a file folder back on your desk, but you bring it with you. Oh, correct. When I worked worked at at UC, it was all about how do we take UC off campus? And what I meant by that that. is how do you put people in the community? Um, UC is, of course, a huge uh, uh, city in in and of itself, but how do we make sure we're involved in the community? So getting the students out and making sure that they understand that uh, it's more uh, more to life than just what's going on on campus. So how do we get people off campus and get them more plugged in? I used to joke with our our, our students there. I asked them which company would they want to work for, Ethicon or Johnson & Johnson? Yeah, basically, those are the same company, but the people are always going for the bigger company and without thinking about, well, what's Ethicon? Well, it's a huge division of of, uh, of Johnson & Johnson. So how do you get people involved and to let them know that there's something out there that's bigger, but we got to open ourselves up to learning? Yeah. So how many years were at UC? A uh, total of uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Tell us about leaving UC. Yes. Uh, left there, unfortunately, not great circumstances, mm-hmm. uh, but it did push me into doing what I'm doing now. I remember when I first left, uh, I was trying to find a job and doing something. I honestly didn't really know what I wanted to do. But the more and more I thought about this and started to think about, well, I have a dream out here. I wanted to be a very successful uh, entrepreneur. And leaving UC actually pushed me into that direction so that I could uh, achieve those, those dreams. I um, literally sat around for a couple months trying to understand what am I getting ready to do and how am I going to go about doing that? And do I want to move out of Cincinnati again and decided, no, this is this is home now and started to evaluate my life, evaluate uh, who I am and to try and take advantage of who Myron is. And so, therefore, how do I sell Myron and yeah. started to push that out a, a lot more? So leaving UC, um, I said it was a kind of bittersweet but uh, knowing the people that I've connected with and the people that I've inter- interacted with during the time that I was there has been tremendous. And how do I take advantage of that, uh, yeah. not only here locally, but on a national and global basis? So you left UC about three years ago. I want to talk about that time mm-hmm. because there's so many lessons wrapped up in that time that – and I've known you for a long time. We've yes. talked about your career for a long time. And uh, so I had the advantage of seeing it from an outside perspective through this process. And so when you decided to leave, when it was decided for you that you would leave UC, um, what was, if you could take yourself, I know we don't really like to revisit those times, but if you could take yourself back to that time, what were you feeling? Um, Disappointed, um, hurt, uh, dejected. A lot of emotions yeah. uh, went through through that that I went through during that time, and honestly, I was deciding: Do I like UC? Uh, do I hate <laughs> UC? Do I want to have anything to do with UC? Uh, but um, many years ago, when I played basketball at UC, I had uh, they changed coaches, which I didn't did not like at the time, and I felt I was going through the same process because this new coach didn't bring me in here. I didn't know anything about this new coach. But uh, the more I thought about it then and during the time that I left UC, the more I thought about it, it was all about the people. It was all about the relationships that I've uh, developed with others. And that's what continues to sell me 
on the university. That's what continues to sell me on Cincinnati, on the Cincinnati region, and in life. It's all about the people that you've connected with. And so, therefore, leaving wasn't as painful once I started to really to factor that in, is that I think I've touched more good people or developed relationships with more good people than, than, than bad. Actually, someone just linked me, linked, sent me a LinkedIn message last night saying that they miss me from UC and how they love me as a leader there. Wow. So when I start to think about those, those times, then it makes things a lot easier. Yeah. We get to make a lot of choices when, when someone makes the choice for us that we'll be moving on. It doesn't matter what it's from um, in life. We have, that's where we do have choices. We do have options. We do have some control. But you, know, you you're, and your first reaction was completely understandable. How could they do this to me? You're angry. You're hurt. Um, and then too many people get stuck right there. And they don't take that second step, which for you was, okay, how do I take this and how do I do something with it? And in my experience, boy, you know, it, 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 it's actually as high as 90-some percent, I believe, of people that I've interacted with over the years, especially people who didn't have a choice to move on, will look back and say, I owe them a thank you. Um, I owe them a thank you because if without that, I wouldn't have done this. So let me ask you a question. If that decision had not been made for you three years ago, would you still be there today? Um. Probably yes, and probably been struggling to, to stay yeah. there because I have always uh, wanted to have my own own company and to be an entrepreneur, uh, but I was afraid to really step out uh, yeah. out there. And I think this uh, having the decision made for me really pushed me out there to make this a lot easier step to to take going forward. Uh, so I probably would have still been there, but. Uh, Halfway there, because I would have been on the fence because I needed to accomplish something, and I was afraid to do it, but then again, I wasn't afraid, so I was sort of caught in the middle of someone said, Myra, you're just sitting on the fence, mm -hmm. so when are you going to start to do something? So I think uh, being um, uh, decisions being made for me just actually pushed me into that direction where I really needed to go to be where I am today. Knocked you off the fence. Knocked me off. You know, it's think about... Think about that period you were in right before you found out you wouldn't be at UC any longer. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, I am the happiest guy in the world at work, where where were you? Um, probably a 2. Isn't that funny? So so <laughs> this is this is the this is it, it is it is a fascination of mine that as humans will accept a 2 and decide that 2 is just fine rather than the possibility of finding something much better. Yeah, it's 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 shocking, and I, I, I used to tell yeah. people, don't let anyone take away your joy. It's one of my sins, and I was letting people control <laughs> control that for me, and which You're is like, so I'm not crazy. taking my own advice. Right. And so uh, once uh, things changed, um, now even though business is is a grind and it's a challenge, I'm much happier and. Yeah know my path a little bit better. Um, it's not easy, and not that I re even expected it to be, but I'm having a great time, and I look back and feel like, oh, my goodness, um, I'm glad I'm here where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. And most people who have career, interesting careers, careers of meaning, and what I mean by meaning is that 
meaningful to them. So you can have a meaningful career that other people look at and say, well, that wouldn't be meaningful to me. That doesn't matter. It's really all about what's meaningful to you. And it's those bumps along the way. You know, sometimes the the people I've talked to who've been at one place for 30, 40 years and have been unhappy the whole time, those are the most miserable people I've ever met. Yeah, you you have to challenge yourself. One of my other sins that I, I'm not sure where I picked it up from, it's only those who risk going too far will ever know how far they can go. And so how do you challenge yourself? Uh, how do you step out there? How do you step out there on faith and uh, believe not only in, in yourself, but believe that others will be there to, to help you? I think sometimes we get into situations where, oh, my goodness, I don't want to do this. I'm going to be all by myself. And you have to really dig down in yourself to know that you have support from others as well. Absolutely. And just think about back then, here you are in your head saying, ah, you know, all your fear talk is going on. And and to build a business, especially the type of business you have, it's really going to be about those relationships. So with your work with the Chamber and your work at the Alumni Association, you were sitting on an incredibly robust network. But you couldn't even, you could see it, but you just weren't connecting the dots. I know that because I was there, Myron, so don't disagree with me. (laughs) (laughs) No, the people through those two organizations I've met have been uh, tremendous. And, but also too, you have to be endearing uh, yourself and how do you um, nurture those relationships? Um, You know, I look at it just because I know a lot of people don't mean, really mean anything someone taught me many years ago, it's not who you know, but who knows you in a positive way. And so therefore, how do I make sure I'm showcasing my best self and my authentic self when I'm interacting with various people? And so um, this is who who you get when you interact with me. And hopefully I leave you with very positive thoughts. Yeah. So you know know I was going to bring this up because it's still my favorite Myron Hughes story. Um, But um, Charles Barkley, Sir Charles, Mm -hmm. described you in one of his books as, and I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong, as one of the, the toughest guy he ever played against. Something yes. like that? Yes, something like that. Well, Charles and I uh, played against each other in high school. Uh, our senior years uh, played in the semifinals for the state championship in, in Alabama. And, um, of course, we came out on top. But, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it was a great, great battle. And after we played uh, against each other we played with each other on a all-star team in in alabama and not that we he and i stay in touch with each other but we do text each other probably twice a year just to say hello and it's been amazing that uh, we have not seen each other face to face since 1981 when oh, we graduated <laughs> uh, so uh, hopefully one day we will be able to uh, play or to be able to see each other uh, again but um Coming out of high school, I was known as the enforcer on my team, and um, we weren't taking, uh, weren't backing down from anyone. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just I, I'm so amused by that because I've known you for a long time, and you're just such a sweet, soft-spoken person. So I'd imagine you've got like a whole different Myron persona on the court, at least back when you were in high school. Very much. Anytime you turn the clock on uh, playing okay. basketball, I took no prisoners, <laughs> and my teammates knew that. And uh, anytime there was trouble, more than likely I was in the middle of it. Yeah, so um, yeah, thank, that's a good reminder for me never to challenge you to do again because I'd be squealing like a pig, I'm sure, you know, immediately. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my favorite story. So you had to know that was going to come up. Um, what is when you think back on your career, um, the low point? 
Oh, honestly, it's been so many. Uh, so many low points? Yes, uh, because <laughs> okay. it's been challenging. Uh, it's always been a, been a grind. Um, you know, I just think about coming out of high school and playing basketball. Um, my first game ever in basketball here at the University of Cincinnati, I broke my finger. Ow. Um, and had to sit out uh, nine or ten games at the end of the season. I hurt my knee, ended up having three knee operations. Ow, again. Um, hurt my shoulder. Um, then losing jobs um, and not being feel like you're not being trusted when you're working for for various people. And I would have to say that's was kind of low as well. And um, I know we're talking about our my career, but just thinking back at the age of 11, I lost my mother. Um, so it's been a lot of challenging situations. And so I, you know, someone asked me um, about failure and I've never really used that work. I've had challenging situations, but I'd never see myself as uh, failing at anything. Um, those situations have been um, challenging times and, and lessons learned, but how do you just con- continue to go? But it's just been a lot of uh, times that I would have to say I've been, I've felt really low in dealing with certain things in, in my life. I remember coming back from Germany when I played basketball over there. I was back in the hometown of Alabama and I didn't have a job, and all my friends were working. Not that I didn't have any money, but it was just uh, I felt very alone uh, and didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, a lot of friends were here in Cincinnati. I'm in Alabama. It was just the last place I wanted to be because most of the people who had gone to college and were uh, good athletes were on drugs. And I thought to myself, am I that now and so but i've had a lot of low points in my life but it's always been myron you got to keep uh, get back up and keep on pushing and keep challenging yourself and so um so therefore um, there's been many peaks and valleys in my in yeah. my time i like how you frame that those are challenges and opportunities um but not failures no clearly clearly not and we're so afraid of trying something new we're so afraid of pushing ourselves that we stay stuck, which really can be um, a failure and a low point in and of itself. Oh, and that's, and you know, honestly, that's life in regards to uh, there are some great days and there's some some challenging days. And how do you continue to uh, challenge yourself to get back up and uh, continue to fight and keep moving forward? And so uh, nothing's easy. Even yeah. when I look at my business now, we lost two or three customers uh, back this summer. But um, I had to stay focused, and we gained three or four more toward the end uh, uh, back this fall. So it's uh, it's always going to be some ups and downs, but how do you stay focused and keep moving? So complete the sentence for me. I'm at my best when? I'm at my best when, oh, when I'm with family uh, and friends, and um, they challenge me. They make me think and make me be at my best. So they they know me more better than anyone else. And so they know when I'm upset and know when I need to be kicked. Great. So on that day, sometime in the future, and we hope it's a very long period time into the future, when you're at the end of your life, what do you want, what do you want your most profound impact to have been on your world? Oh, I had to put some really think some thought into that, but it's. You um, thought this was going to be easy, did so, you? <laughs> yes, you're supposed to make these easy questions. At least give them to me ahead in no, advance. No. <laughs> that <laughs> so, takes all the fun out of it. So, um, 
it's all about, for me, helping people. Um, so I'm really not sure how to phrase this, but um, it's all about, about giving back and helping uh, helping others. Um, one of the focus of my company is how do I uh, uh, be successful so that I can give back. Uh, so I'm constantly trying to figure out how do I help others. And so that's just part of my DNA. And so that's, in a sense, what I want my legacy to really look like is uh, he gave back and he helped others to uh, hopefully accomplish their dreams. Great. So um, the end of every podcast, I do two questions, one deep and one shallow. Okay. Okay. Um, my first one is, what is, if, if your friends and family heard you'd been arrested, what would they assume it was for? Oh, <laughs> That's one, the shallow one, by the way. <laughs> one, they probably would not believe that. Okay. That, that it was some kind of huge mistake. Okay, they think it was <laughs> so, a mistake. So, um, oh my goodness. Probably uh, probably stealing uh, because I would look at it from the standpoint, uh, uh, I'm trying to get something to help to give to someone that's in need. That's a good one. And so that's what they probably would look at it. At, at it so if Myron for. had been arrested, it was because he was trying to do something positive for somebody else. Yes. I'm going to pick another one just because. Just because <laughs> I can. Because my name's on the podcast. Um, which fictional character do you wish you could meet? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Honey, we could go for days. I got a little settled. <laughs> Snoopy. Snoopy. Okay. Yes. Why Snoopy? <laughs> I'm a big Charlie Brown fan. Okay. And uh, Snoopy's always getting involved in things, but he's always making an impact on whatever's taking place, um, even though he's technically not the main character there. Doesn't matter. Uh, but um, he's there and involved in everything. Okay. And so whether it's good or bad, Snoopy's making an impact of, 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 right. of, of the situation. What lessons in life did you learn the hard way? Probably trusting people too much. Um, I put some trust in some people where it burnt me, where I uh, would give my all to something and came back and got stabbed in the back. And that situation, that I've been in a couple of those situations, even though I've been taught to trust people first and then go from, go from there. But uh, some situations that I've gotten involved in that people have uh, lied to me, uh, and that was... Uh, been very difficult to to uh, deal with. Has that changed how you how you how you build relationships now? No, okay. um, because I have to continue to be me, and so this is who I am. Uh, more aware of people nowadays, yeah. uh, but uh, no, that hasn't stopped me from being who I am, and um, still be Myron. And this is uh, who I am, and I'm not going to sacrifice that uh, for anyone. As I said before, one of my sayings is, don't let anyone steal your joy. Yes. And if I have to go around life being overly protective, then that's not who I am. And therefore, yeah. um, I want to be happy. And if I have to disguise that, then that's not for me. Yes, thank you. Well, we really appreciate you coming in today and telling your story. And I think um, a lot of listeners will take take something away. I, I, The thing I'm still reflecting on is you were sitting at a two and that somehow you'd convinced yourself was that that was okay. We all do it. I mean, we all do it. You know, the, the um, I always think about a quote um, my dad said after he got his pacemaker. He said, 
I didn't realize how bad I felt until I felt good. Yeah, I think we get immersed. And after you got out of your two situation and you didn't have to deal with the things that were making it a two anymore, you really were, it gave you the space, the mental energy and the time and just the the focus to elevate yourself to where you are now, which is clearly well north of a two. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you really start to to, to really live. And as I said before, your joy was kind of, my joy was being taken and now I'm, I'm living my life, and it's a lot of lot of fun because I can uh, control more things and do more things. You know, instead of someone telling me, "No, you can't do this," even though it might be a great idea, but now I can go forward and connect with whoever, whomever I want to, and to talk to whomever I want to, and continue to build those relationships. And it's just been outstanding to, in a in a sense, to to somewhat. I'm not going to say completely free, but uh, somewhat to be free and not uh, feel that you're in prison. Yes, fantastic. Well, you said your nickname in high school was the Enforcer, but to me, you will always be the kick-ass teddy bear. <laughs> well, I have a lot more nicknames than just that. <laughs> so. <laughs> we'll just stick with those two. Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Myron. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed meeting the Evolved Careerist on today's episode, well, we've got a lot more lined up for you. Subscribe, tell your friends, rate us and write a review. And of course, follow us on social media. But if you're interested in learning more about how you can evolve your career, you can contact us through theevolvedcareer.com or thebaukegroup.com. And that's B-A-U-K-E. Do you know somebody who'd be a great guest who has a great career story to tell? Or do you think you qualify? Then email me. My email address is in the podcast description. Until next time, here's to your career happiness.